Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you could be here and we're able to worship the Lord together as a part of the family of Christ. And a couple of announcements to share with you this morning before uh, the choir um, blesses us with, with this a great piece of music. Um, there is no Awana this week uh, due to the, Halloween, the Halifax Halloween Parade. All right, so no Awana this week. If you come, there's not going to be anybody here. Um, there is youth group tonight, but there is no prayer meeting tonight. Um, so if you usually come to prayer meeting, please be aware that there is no prayer meeting tonight. On Sunday, November 12th, Don Chubb will be with us during the 10 a.m. service. Um, the Chubb family will be here, actually. Um, Don and Chrissy and their family, they serve in Mexico with New Tribes Mission. Um, now it's actually called Ethnos 360. And we're going to have a potluck after. There's a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall. Is the whole family here, Kathy, or just Don? Do you know? They're all going to be here. All right. And they have the cutest little kids, don't they? They really do. So um, it'll be great to see them, to encourage them as, as they prepare to head back uh, to Mexico in the future. Um, let's open our service with a word of prayer this morning. Gracious God, we are so thankful for your love for us. Lord, would you move in this service this morning? Father, speak truth into our hearts, into our minds, and our souls. Because, Lord, we are here today for you and for you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
right, let's take a few moments to stand up, step out, turn around, welcome those around you to our service this morning. All right, I'd like to invite you to take your hymn book and turn with me to hymn number 435. What a friend we have in Jesus, 435. Oh. 
your prayer ministry sheet, please, uh, in your bulletin. A couple of things to highlight and to mention, um, things that we can continue to pray for. And as I've said before, what, this is such a great thing to have and to pray over throughout the week. Um, just, just put it in front of me, put it at your desk, and, and just remember these people on, on this list. Um, but a couple that I would like to mention, uh, Dorothea Lebo, uh, she had knee replacement surgery on Friday. She's home now. Um, but Pastor Bob sent me a text this morning that she had a little bit of a rough night and, you know, kind of that recovery process. So we can continue to keep Dorothea in prayer. And Bonnie Bechtel also had a uh, successful knee replacement this past Tuesday, and we continue to pray for her as well. Um, John Good is here with us this morning, Mr. Good, and, and his schedule has been, his surgery has been rescheduled for October 30th. So that's coming up shortly, so we can keep Mr. Good in prayer as well. And um, Ruth Bush, I know uh, many of you were, were wondering about her surgery. The tumor was removed successfully, and praise the Lord, it was not cancerous. So we are rejoicing in that and thanking the Lord for that. Um, and I'm sure you, you've heard also of Pat Bainey. Um, let's keep them, the Bainey family, in prayer as hospice is now involved. Uh, we can just continue to lift them up to the Lord. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Gracious Father, we are so thankful for your love for us. Lord, we are thankful for Word of Life Chapel and what it means to so many. Lord, we're thankful for each and every person sitting here this morning. Lord, we're thankful that we live in the United States of America. 
where we're able to gather together freely in your name without fearing that someone's going to break down the door. Lord, we are thankful for you sending your son Jesus to die for us, to pay the penalty. We don't deserve redemption. Now, Lord, we come to you with, with a couple of um, things that are heavy on our heart and some praises as well. We thank you, Lord, for, for Dorothea and Bonnie's successful surgery. We also thank you for Ruth Bush's successful surgery. And, Lord, we know the recovery process after surgery is difficult. Lord, we ask that you would provide them uh, with a full recovery. Give them strength and joy. Lord, may, may this, these circumstances in their lives be something that they can point to you and say, look at God. Lord, we think of John Good, who has, has a surgery scheduled for the 30th. Lord, we pray that you would just prepare the doctors. Lord, that you would guide their hands. That it may just be successful like nothing ever happened. Lord, we think of the Bainey family and the difficult time that they are going through. Lord, we ask that you would, Father, give them the peace that passes all understanding that comes from you and from you alone. Father, I'm sure there are requests this morning that weren't mentioned. Father, things that are heavy on the hearts of, of the saints here. Lord, I ask that you would hear those cries and hear those prayers. Lord, may you continue to move in the service this morning. Father, use the music, use the message, Father, to let us hear truth. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Would you stand with us? We continue to worship the Lord together. Tell you what, technology. You don't even have to say anything. You just have to say technology and everybody, everybody understands, right? Good thing we have a technology guru right here. Did that do it? Wow, praise the Lord. All right, let's sing again. Go ahead, Lisa. You're actually supposed to start this one, so it's a good thing that... When the music fades and all is stripped away, I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you 
pass. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. And when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless world. King of endless worth, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. And when it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling no come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling 
Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. No, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to sing a new song this morning, one that we're going to continue to sing here. It's new to us at Word of Life Chapel, but it's not a new, new song, so... Um, but the words are, are so good, and, and the chorus, we can throw the chorus up there, Dylan, real quick. Um, it says, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence that you've never failed me yet. And you know, the Lord hasn't failed us yet, and he never will fail us. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence You've never failed me yet I know the night won't last Your word will come to pass I know the night won't last your word will come to pass My heart will sing your praise again Jesus, you're still enough Keep me within your love 
my heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me seen you move, you move the mountains. And I've seen you move, you move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me. Great singing this morning. There we go. That's not a good feeling, I tell you what. I see you move, you move the mountains, and I believe you can do it again. You know, as we were preparing to sing that song, I was thinking about those words all week. And, and how many times in our lives is there a mountain in front of us that we just want God to move and it doesn't seem like it's ever going away. Let me encourage you that God can do anything. God can do anything. And I hope that song ministered to you this morning. It, it ministered to me. Um, you know, before we go in, how does the parking lot look? You think the parking lot looks pretty nice? I, I think it does. And praise the Lord for that. 
um, I tell you what, these guys got it done so fast. One day they were in and they, they um, milled everything. Is that what it's called? Milling when they tear up all the stuff. And uh, they left one day, gone. Then they weren't even here on Tuesday. Wednesday they come back and the whole thing's done. Um, pretty, pretty impressive. I tell you what, if I had to do something like that, uh, I'd start in January hoping to be done by Christmas. Um, now, I'm preaching uh, to either three or four times over the next seven to eight weeks. So follow with me. Three or four times, seven to eight weeks. We're not sure if it's going to be three or four. But instead of preaching three or four completely different sermons on completely different topics, I decided to work through the book of First John. So um, over the next three to four times that I preach, um, we're going to look at First John this week, next week, and then either December 3rd or 10th or possibly both. You know, First John is a very interesting book. Very interesting book. Actually, in the book of First John, the author and the person that the letter is written to are not named in the book. It's interesting. But from writing and other things, um, we know it's, it's John. Um, but there are, there are many principles that we can learn from the book of First John. You know, in, in writing, First John, the, the book of First John is a very blunt book. You know, we live in a very PC culture, right? And we don't want to say anything too strong or, or too much this way or because, man, I, I don't want to say, you know, the truth too bluntly because that might offend you. But John wasn't worried about that. <laughs> he didn't care about that. Um, and you will see that as we look through the book of First John. So if you could open with me to First John Chapter 1. First John, chapter 1. All right, and we're going to read it here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it. And testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In, it, in him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us, faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Pretty strong words. Let's pray. Lord, we ask this morning that you would speak truth. Father, we're thankful we don't have to create truth. It was given to us in your word. 
Lord, may my words this morning be what you want them to be. Lord, help us to really dig into 1 John chapter 1, to really see what you are saying through John. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the plan, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to break the book down, and we're going to work through the first chapter. So we're just going to slowly work through the first chapter of 1 John. So let's look at the first four verses to start. Let me read it again, and we're going to have to reread things a couple times because it, it's not as simple as saying, don't do this. There's more to it than that. And, and here's, here's you, you'll get what I'm saying here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. You know, in the beginning, the first four verses, John is talking about Jesus' incarnation. That Jesus came being fully man. He also talks about how he was with the Father, right? His, his deity, how he is fully God, fully man. John says we, we saw him. We touched him. I mean, imagine what it must have been like to have heard the voice of Jesus. To put your arm around him. For him to put his arm around you. And the disciples, they walked with Jesus. They did life with Jesus. They witnessed him. And, and you know, in reading the first four verses, it's easy for us to say, well, yes, I believe that. But, but John, John's writing because something's going on within the church. There, there had arisen a sect of Christians known as Gnostics. They called themselves Christians, but they weren't, had nothing to do with what John is saying here. And John is actually writing to let people know these guys are not saved. What they did is they came out and, and they claimed to have knowledge that the apostles did not have. They claimed to know things that the apostles did not know. And they told the people, listen, you're not, you don't really understand until you know what we know. Until you understand the truths that we understand. And they have many different beliefs. Some of them believe that Jesus was not God. Some of them did not believe in the incarnation with Jesus being fully God and fully man. So John, in writing this, is trying to tell the church, watch out. Jesus came. He's trying to make his readers aware that the Gnostics were not true believers. And then John begins to talk a little bit about fellowship. You know, why do we gather together on Sunday morning? Did you ever think about that before? Why do we? It's not because we're all best friends, right? It's not because we're all best friends, even though that would be awesome, right, if everybody here was best friends. And, and I'm sure if you look around the room right now, you can see at least one person whose name you don't know, Right? So it's not because we're all best friends. It's not because those of you with little kids are just so excited to get your kids up out of bed in the morning, right? And you all are equally excited. It's not because those of you with physical ailments just can't wait to wake up in the morning and get out of bed early. No. We gather together because we have something in common. And what is that? The Lord. Our fellowship, the reason that we gather together is because of him. See, you and I might have absolutely nothing in common. You might be 
Jared's not here this morning, Jared Snyder. You know, he's a Cowboys fan. That's like, there's like nothing in common with that. Nothing. You know, light and dark, right? <laughs> no, just, just kidding, just kidding. We're not, no. can we stop the recording? <laughs> um, no, but, but really, though, you, you might not have anything in common with somebody else sitting beside you, except for the fact that you have both put your faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why we gather together. That's why we're here. That's why there's little babies and people that have been retired for many years. That's why in this room there are Republicans and Democrats. Because it's not our preferences. That's not why we gather together. We gather together because of him. And John talks about our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. That's why we gather together. And you know, at the end, you see at the very end, look at that last sentence. We write this to make our joy complete. William MacDonald, he, he writes this. Let me read this to you. John realized that the, that the world, John realized that the world is not capable of providing true and lasting joy for the human heart. This joy can only come through a proper relationship with the Lord. John realized that the world is not capable of providing true and lasting joy for the human heart. You know, this morning in uh, teen Sunday school, we're talking about IMN. Have you ever heard of IMN before? The letter, Arabic letter for N, um, that the uh, ISIS militants would actually use to identify Christians in the Middle East. And it's a series through Voice of the Martyrs where it's talking about the persecution that the church in the Middle East is going through. Tragic. It's terrible. Things that we can't even begin to comprehend here in the United States of America. But this morning was about joy, finding joy through that. And let me, let me just tell you this this morning, that our joy cannot be based on a sports team because your sports team will lose. Trust me, I know. I'm a Redskins fan. Your joy cannot be based on your health because eventually your health will fail. Your joy cannot be based on your emotional state because there are going to be times when you're up and times when you're down. Your joy cannot be based on your spouse, on your friends. It cannot be based on politics. Thank the Lord it's not based on politics, right? <laughs> I tell you what. Our joy is based in the Lord alone. We sing that song, the joy of the Lord is my strength. All right, let's continue on. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. You know, have you ever looked outside before when it's pitch black? You know, we, we don't see... Much of that here in the United States because there's, you know, street lights or people have lights on or some people leave their Christmas lights up all year round, right? So you have those. Uh, we used to have sheets across over there. Um, and sheets provided so much light for this whole area. It really did. Um, but now sheets isn't there anymore and it's a lot darker. You know, I remember growing up in Bolivia and uh, my grandparents, that's a picture of, of my grandfather and grandmother, called them Granddad and Nan. Um, but they lived in the Andes Mountains in a valley called Laimina, Laimina. And they worked with the Quechua people, Quechua people. Um, but I remember we used to go out there as kids, and we'd go out there for a weekend or for, 
couple days or sometimes longer, and we would stay with them. But they didn't always have electricity. Or they would have it for a couple hours, and then they would lose it. And I remember at night, you, the lights would just go off. Boom. And then my nan would come in with a little candle, you know, or a flashlight, and we'd all have our own flashlights. And, and we'd go to bed. There's nothing else. There was nothing else to do. Unless you were going to read a book, you know, with your flashlight. Um, but I remember laying on my cot, turning off the light, and how dark it was. I could see nothing. I could see absolutely nothing. But when I turned on my flashlight, all of a sudden, I could see. And there was no darkness in the light that was coming from the flashlight. I could see. John is, is drawing a very distinct comparison here between light and darkness. God is light. And, and in saying God is light, he's saying God is good, God is pure, God is righteous, God is true, God is holy. And in God, there is no darkness at all. There is no sin. There is no bad in God at all. God is good, like we talked about not that long ago. All the time and all the time, God is good. And, and, and here, John, John is not saying that God is mostly light or almost all light except for a little speck. No, God is all light. And in God, there is no darkness at all. And John is writing this, preparing for the next couple of verses that are coming. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Let me read that one more time because this is, this is a very strong statement. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. And do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. I think it's a very, John is very clear here. You're either in the light or you're in the darkness. You're either saved or you're not saved. There is no middle line that we can walk down and hope that we're going to end up on the right side. It's one or the other. It's one or the other. And, and here John is writing positionally before Christ. He's talking about our position before Christ. Not if you sin and make a mistake once, all of a sudden you're in the darkness. That's not what he's trying to say. What he's talking about here is if you claim to be a believer, but you have not put your faith in Christ, you lie and you do not live out the truth. And I believe that there are people that come to churches in the United States of America that live that way. Sunday morning Christians, right? A Christian on Sunday morning, and then by Sunday afternoon, I'm back to the way my life is however I want it to be. It has nothing to do with God. I heard a, a Facebook video recently from a pastor, and I can't remember his name, so I don't want to say it in case it wasn't that person. Um, but he was talking about Bible Belt believers. And he had done a study on Bible Belt believers, and what he had found is that a lot of Bible Belt believers were people that just went to church on Sunday morning. And he said, that's such a dangerous place to be. Make sure that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A friend of mine, uh, 
I remember talking to her. She, she told me, you know, Tony, I'd been in the church for years and years, and I had served, and I had been in charge of things and involved in committees, but I had never trusted God until I think she was in her 60s. Because it had just been a tradition. It had just been a check mark on Sunday morning. <laughs> you know, church, all right, it's done. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. He's saying, listen, you're either walking in the light, you put your faith and trust in God, and and you've surrendered your life to God, and you have fellowship with God. Or you're walking in the darkness, and you have nothing in common with God at all. Why do I say that? How much darkness is in God? Nothing. And if you're walking in the darkness, there is no darkness in God. I'm not doing this this morning so that, that you question your own faith. That's, that's not what I'm trying to do, make you think, am I ever, was I ever saved to begin with? But I do think it's important for us to really evaluate our lives. Have we really put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Have we surrendered our will to him? Or are we Sunday morning Christians? Is it just about checking something off of a list? Verse 8 says this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I remember, I used to teach uh, little kids in Bolivia. I would help translate for groups that would come down and stuff like that. And um, I remember asking, sometimes you'd have a group of little kids, and I'd say, okay, who knows what sin is? You know, and some of them would put their hand up. Then I would say, who's never sinned? And there was always one or two kids, I've never sinned. You know, I've never sinned before in my life. And the other kids would be like, yeah, huh? You know, you've sinned. Nuh-uh. You know, and they go back and forth with each other. Yeah, huh? Nuh-uh. I've never sinned. And I'd say, well, you know what? You're, you're sinning right now because you're lying to me. And then he kind of, or she would kind of, you know, put their hand down really slowly. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I can still see those little kids putting their hands down. But once we get older, we're smarter than that. We know we've made mistakes. You know you've made mistakes. I know I've made mistakes. Now, there are two different words that are used here. The word sin, if you notice at the very top, and then the word sins below. And they're referring to two different things. And here's the depth that I'm talking about that John is, is that the Lord is, is using through John here. Look, look at, um, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That word sin is referring to our sinful nature. If you claim to be without a sinful nature, you are deceiving yourself <laughs> and the truth is not in you. But the word sins is referring to something else. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The word sins referring to the acts that we, of sin that we have committed, that we have done. Sin referring to our sinful nature. Sins referring to things that we have actually committed and done. But let me tell you something. Hallelujah. Because Jesus died for both of those things. 
Jesus died for my sinful nature, and he died for every sin that I will ever commit. His blood covers them all. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Have you ever wondered this before? Why, why after we are saved, do we have to continue to confess our sins? Right? Right? My sins have been forgiven. Right? I repented of my sins and surrendered my life to Jesus, and my sins are forgiven. Why do I continue to repent of my sins? Now, I believe that once you're saved, from that moment, you are eternally secure. That's my belief, and I believe where we stand here at Word of Life Chapel. Some other people might tell you that the reason you continue to repent of your sins is to make sure you're saved. I don't believe that's biblically true whatsoever. I believe that from the moment you are saved, you are saved for the rest of eternity. Why do we continue to repent of our sins? Why here is John saying if we confess our sins, acts that we've committed, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And that's because there are two different types um, of forgiveness that John is talking about. One is, is judicial forgiveness. And that, that is something that happens once in your life where God as the judge removes the penalty of sin from your life. Right? Because we all have that. We're all born with a sinful nature. And God as the judge you are no longer condemned. That happens when you put your faith and trust in Jesus as Lord of your life. That happens when you repent of your sins. And you believe that Jesus was, that God raised Jesus from the dead. It happens when you surrender to Christ. But John here is talking about parental forgiveness. A little bit different. It's actually very different. Parental forgiveness, referring to God as a father. Something to continue to hold us accountable for the mistakes that we make. Let me read you a quote, again, from William MacDonald. This is what he says. But as far as fellowship and the family of God is concerned, the sinning saint needs parental forgiveness. That is the forgiveness of his father. He obtains it by confessing sin. We continue to confess our sin to keep fellowship with God. So our sins don't get in the way. Because here's the reality of it, and sometimes I think we forget this, but God's already seen it. God already knows what we've thought or done. God already knows what you said in your car with the doors closed. God already knows. You think of Jonah trying to run away from God. You can't hide anything from God. Is that funny? <laughs> That's right. You can't hide anything from God. Parental forgiveness. Continuing to go to God. And you know what? I, I believe doing that as often as we can. You know, remembering, Lord, I, I, made, I did this today. I should not have done it. Why? Because let's say that you lied to somebody. You didn't only lie to that person. You also lied before God. And going and saying, Lord, I am sorry for my sin. I am sorry for what I did. Just as you go to that other person and say, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you the truth. Continuing to hold ourselves accountable and going before God, Lord, I am sorry for the things that I did. Parental forgiveness. And verse 10 hits us with a very hard truth at the end. And this is what we'll close with this morning. If we claimed we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. 
In order to be in fellowship with God, we cannot deny that we have sinned. Otherwise, we make God out to be a liar. But there's another side to this statement. And here's what it says. The Christian life is not one of sinlessness. Right? Thank the Lord for that. Because I know I make a lot of mistakes. My wife could testify to that. The Christian life is not one of sinlessness. We, we have to claim, we have to admit that we've sinned. The Christian life is not one of sinlessness. Instead, it's one where when we make a mistake, we go to our Father in heaven and say, Lord, I am sorry. I should not have done that. I was wrong. And I know I was wrong. You know, there's so much in 1 John. It's such a powerful book. Man, and so blunt. I love it. The words that John uses, I believe, speak into the deepest parts of our souls, as does the rest of the word of the Lord. But I continue as I was studying through this book to find it extremely challenging and very applicable to our lives today. God is light. In him, in him there is no darkness at all. Let me encourage you this morning to read 1 John chapter 2 for next week. Get, get prepared. It's going to be, there's so much in it. I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it as well. Let's pray together. Lord, we are thankful that we can gather together in your name. And Lord, that's why we fellowship. That's why we gather together. It's because of our fellowship with you. There's so much in 1 John, just in the first chapter. And Lord, you know the souls of every person here. You know if there's someone in here that claims to be walking in the light and really is living in darkness. Lord, may you challenge that person this morning. Draw them to you. Lord, maybe there is unrepented sin this morning, Father, stirring in our hearts. May we confess it before you. And Lord, as, as we see through, through 1 John 1, Lord, we're thankful that you forgive us for every sin that we ever make and for our sinful nature. Because we don't deserve it. You are a good God. And we thank you for your unconditional love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in leaning on the everlasting arms, but I think our hymnal calls it something different. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. At least that's the essence of the hymn, leaning on the everlasting arms. <laughs> it's 417 if you use your hymn book. 417. I ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn together. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leading on the everlasting arm. What a blessed peace, what a hope, leaning on the everlasting arm. Lead 
Father, once again, we have many things to praise and thank you for, but we thank you that we can lean on your everlasting arms. Father, we thank you for the privilege we have of gathering once more to study your word and to worship you. And now, Lord, as we scatter into the highways and byways of life, we pray that the Holy Spirit would guide, direct, protect us. And we pray, Lord, that you would be with us as we are a witness and a testimony wherever we are found. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us, and we'll be careful to give you the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.